Welcome to episode 8 of Attorneys Are Human 2, a podcast featuring your host, Stephen Wallace, and your co-host, Alina Muzak. In this episode, Innovative Property Management Solutions, we feature Peter Haber. Welcome to this episode of Attorneys Are Human 2. Today's episode is Innovative Property Management Solutions, featuring Peter Haber, who is the owner of Third Eye Consulting. Welcome, Peter. Stephen, thank you. It's nice to see you. And Selena, how are you? Good, good. Good, I'm so happy you came on. Can you tell us a little bit about your background, Peter? Yeah, sure. I grew up in northern New Jersey. I graduated from Syracuse University. Let's go orange. Let's go. I bleed, <laughs> I bleed orange. And actually, my background, my family had a home heating oil business back in the day. And when I first got out of college, I started in that industry. And it really wasn't for me. Well, then I went and got my real estate license. So I was selling real estate. Maybe three months into my real estate career, I got a call from a buyer who was looking for an office building just by chance. So long, long and short of it is I ended up selling him a two and a half million dollar building. I had no idea what I was doing. Excellent. That's a nice commission right there. (laughs) It really was. So I said, wow, this is the most unbelievable career. I'll work seven, eight, nine months. I'll do a few of these deals a year. Well, then reality kicked in and the deals were not coming. The $2 million deals were not coming. And I was renting $800 a month apartments. And then it was back in the 80s and the real estate bubble popped and it was not working out. So I had to switch gears. And a friend of mine, just by chance, had an opportunity at a management company. Oh, excellent. I had no formal training. I didn't really, but you know, I, I think, and I don't bury, I try not to bury myself with my mouth. So I'm not one of these people who will just answer something just to appease somebody. If I don't know something, I know how to hold somebody off and get the answer. Yeah. And you know, you surround yourself with the right group of people you know, you surround yourself with the right team. And these are the people, you know, that make you look like you know what you're doing. Exactly. Right. You surround all- yourself with the best. The best. You're right. It's about taking care of your team and surrounding yourself with the best. And, you know, I take very good care of my, my vendors, my contractors, people I work with. I'm, fierce, I'm fiercely loyal, you know. And if it ever came, when it comes to money or paying, if a client doesn't pay me for a a service, my vendors still get paid. You know, they get paid no matter what, whether it comes out of my pocket. And then I deal with the uh, client, you know, but it's not. Because clients will come and go, but your vendors you're going to be dealing with hopefully for a lifetime. So that, that is right. always a challenge. Right. So, so the one thing I noticed is I, I, we, Celine and I were talking before the show and we really like that name third eye consulting and Selena's a millennial and, and she, she really was caught up with that name. So could you tell us how you came up sure. with third eye consulting? I, I will. So 
What, what happens is I get called often. Many communities, homeowner associations, they are not happy with their management company. So I get called to... Me. me. I know. I know. I know. So there are these factions of communities wherever you live, doesn't matter what part of the country, that they're not getting on with their managers. And just because they have a property management company doesn't mean your building's functioning correctly. So I get called in to pitch and I go before boards that might want to switch. So typically when I know I'm going to pitch a building, I'll go to the building a few days before and I'll just kind of, I'll let the building know I'm coming and I'll kind of like walk around the common areas and I'll look at the thing. So to answer your question, Steve, what I found is if you're on a condo board or you live in a building, say for eight, nine, 10, 12 years, and you've had the same management company, I think by nature, people get blinders and they get tunnel vision. So now I come into the building for the very first time, and not that I'm smarter or better than anybody, but because I'm coming in the first time, I'm probably going to pick up and see things that you look at every day and don't even realize. Right, you have a fresh set of eyes. Okay, so yes. So I'm coming in with a fresh set of eyes, a new perspective, and again, not that I'm better than anybody, but... If you're in the same building with the same management company, it becomes redundant and you probably don't see things. I'm coming in for the first time and nine out of 10 times when I point out to potential boards and associations, they will look at each other because I pick up things they weren't even aware of. So it kind of segued from the uh, fresh set of eyes and new perspective, extra set of eyes. And I came up with the third eye consulting. Excellent. That's I love really it. Weird. Millennials, we love we love funky names. We love the third eye, suggestive of like something new and mystical. <laughs> yeah, well, I've had that uh, feedback as well. But it's just a real talking point because uh, I don't know if you went on my website or whatever, but my logo is very cool. We like your logo. Yeah, yeah. You know what it is? It gives the the perspective of something fresh and something modern as opposed to... I'm going to throw my, you know, board under the bus here, but opposed to the name next gen, I mean, it's like, bleh. yeah. Yeah. And the thing with me is, is that I, I, I'm an outside the box kind of thinker, you know, and I'm not a traditional, th- I don't think traditionally there's always a resolution to whatever the issue or problem is. It's just how you choose to get to the end result. And how you want to go about it. You want to turn it into a production? You can. Or do you want to just get that end result that you're looking for? It depends. Because I don't, I, so I'm sorry, I don't have the capacity. I can't micro thing. I'm not a micro person. I'm a macro person. Okay. So, so a lot of our listeners are newer investors or investors that are have, you know, one, two, three, four units, and then they're looking to take the next step into getting a larger building. And one of the things that a lot of our listeners aren't aware of is what is the function of a property manager on one hand, and you can go into that. And then also what is the function of, of a community association manager? Because a lot of our listeners are, are live on just regular streets and are not part of a, 
uh, a community association. Whereas Celine and I, we in in South Florida, as you're aware, you lived here for a portion of time. Yeah, we're we're basically just cookie cutter gated community. So we're used to that, but a lot of our listeners are not used to that. So if you could just elaborate a little bit. Oh, and also to add to Stephen's question, is it also residential and commercial? Okay, good question. So I have a a diverse background, okay? I've done the commercial, I've managed the strip malls, I've done the shopping centers all over the country. To answer your question, over the last 10, 15 years, I've I've stayed in the uh, residential game. So it's, there's two types of management in residential. There's multifamily, which are rental properties and communities, where as a manager, I would be dealing directly with the landlord owner. And then there's the HOA communities, which you guys live in, where I deal with the board. The- I'm really upset with my board because they just eliminated our cable. I'm fuming. Now right. I, and not only that, they eliminated our cable, but our dues didn't go down. So I'm uh, living. So, so in answer to your question, Stephen, basically the job of a property manager, and there's a lot of disconnect with homeowners sometimes about what a lot of people think that the property manager is a concierge. And it's 24-7, 365, blah, blah, blah. But really, the relationship with in an HOA is... Property management is managing the common areas of the community, okay? It's really, typically, there's a term we use, uh, sheetrock, walls in, or the homeowner responsibility, and anything outside of that. Common hallways, the roof, the grounds, the clubhouses, all the common areas are are the responsibility of the management company to maintain. Also to make sure, you know, and one of my biggest things is too, is liability issues. You know, a good manager will walk the property once a week, once every 10 days, and you're looking for issues. You're looking for a potential trip hazard, okay? as We, we see newspaper articles where a treasurer embezzles funds. I mean, South Florida, unfortunately, is the worst of the worst. And right. so we're going to, later on in the episode, we're going to trade some war stories back and forth about some crazy things that Selena and I've been involved with, with clients and HOAs. Okay, And cool. I'm sure you've got some interesting stories for us as well. Absolutely. Steve, I got to tell you, it's so funny you mentioned that because if you Google HOAs, you can Google away. You cannot believe how many, how many corrupt, crooked associations are out there. And there's so much of that. If you Google is arrested or, you know, under investigation, and Miami-Dade and Broward County will probably come up in eight yeah. out of 10 of those. Yeah, we don't need to Google. We see it all the time. <laughs> right. I will say something. I don't run into that all that much, okay? Because also what happens is, you know, you have the financials are pretty much either done by sophisticated bookkeepers or account accountants. And when I manage a community, I always do a year-end audit. And an audit is an independent auditor slash CPA who is not affiliated with the management company. And they do an independent inspection of the books and records. That, that's quite innovative. We don't see that here. I can tell you that. Usually the association will have an accountant that assists them to prepare the budget, but it's very rare where we hear that unless it's ordered by the court. 
No, you see, that's no. As part of my recommendation to a board, okay, there are certain, there's like certain policies and procedures as a man, property management company that I feel very strong about. And one of them is, and it's not a court-ordered thing, and it's very popular up here, that boards do uh, year-end uh, audits. And I see them, Steve, in a lot of the bylaws and the master deeds too, as well as declarations. So it's something a lot of times it's required, but I just think it's very healthy to do because there's nothing better than a financially healthy community. Absolutely. I, I agree. And Stephen knows, uh, pardon me, but, and I go on these rants in the office because I feel like, especially in Florida, there is no, there's no protection for the homeowner. I feel like some of these HOAs just do whatever they want and there's there's nothing to protect the homeowner. And maybe it's the New Yorker and me, but I'm quick to protest. I will pick it in front of the president's house if I have oh, to. Boy. Okay. That's a reason not to... to be on the board, ladies and gentlemen, and all our listeners out there. Well, Steve, listen, as you well know too, and Selena, I want first of all, Selena, do you have a copy where you live of your bylaws and master deed? I do. Do you, have you ever read through them or browsed? Because I'm OCD and. Okay. <laughs> so you know that a board and a management company, are, the policies and procedures of any community are based on your, that the bylaws and the master deed are like your a community's Bible. Correct. You, you really can't go too rogue. Well, it's my fault. I've written a lot of them. So some of the things that boards can do, I take responsibility for. So. Thanks, Stephen. <laughs> I didn't right. write your documents, though. So <laughs> Got it. The, the title of this episode is Innovative Property Management Solutions. So what sets you apart from other folks in the property management industry? And we want to hear some of these innovative solutions for our listeners. Okay. So anyway, just so you know, again, with my background, I've worked for some of, um, you know, before I started my own business about four years ago, I've worked as a regional manager. I've had a portfolio of many properties. And the one common thing that I noticed one common denominator that always kind of bothered me is the lack of really caring about your cl the, the client and the customer service, okay? When I go and pitch a new community, you know what consistently comes up? I can't get my property manager to return a phone call. I can't get him to e respond to my email. I can't, you know, and... It's such a basic, it's, it's such a basic thing. And unlike a lot of people who are experts in everything, I'm not. I have a niche in a few things. What I'm good at, I'm very good at, okay? And like I said earlier to you, I have great people skills. And for lack of better terminology, I use it sometimes professionally is I'm very good with conflict resolution, putting out fires. That seems like all we do all day, every day is putting out fires. That's, well, that's what our job is too. Even in the property management industry, nobody typically calls me to say, hi, how are you today? Or, you know, I hope you have a nice day. People call, the nature of the business is issues and problems. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. You know, it's um, for many management people, there's very little like, 
I often wonder where the job satisfaction comes in because you're dealing with a negative kind of, it's problems and issues. Yeah. So the four times a year, oh, and people can get very abrasive and they get really nasty on the phone. And, you know, I always felt that I'm held to a higher standard. So nine and a half out of 10 times, I really do have to bite my lip. Um, but some people are just out of control. And uh, you also wonder when you've been in this business long enough and you deal with some of these people, how they get themselves dressed and out of bed without their manager in the morning. Because some people can't even screw in a light bulb. They sit in the dark for two weeks before they would screw the light bulb in that's broken. Yeah. yeah. I know. I'm glad that you're bringing that fresh, you know, positive customer service attitude. Anytime mm -hmm. we have to deal with, you know, in the office. And again, we deal with the, we don't deal with the positive side. We deal with someone coming in with a problem with an HOA. And, you know, I tell Steven, sometimes I call the HOA just to provide them a solution for the, the, the client or the, the homeowner and the HOA. And they are so angry. And I'm like, I'm giving you the solution. Why are you so upset? It's a, in Florida, at least it's a very fee based type of business. And then we add in the association attorneys, which we represent associations. We've been on both sides, but we've done a few homeowner situations when it comes to like debt or some other kind of out of the box type of issues. Right. But it's a cash machine for the association and for the association attorneys, especially when right. there's conflict. And oftentimes they want to create conflict versus create solutions. And I really love your approach to things, which is kind of the, the opposite of what we deal with on a daily basis. Absolutely. I have yet to have a, an HOA attorney say, okay, you know what? Let's resolve this now. It's always delay. Yeah, but you know what? Here's the, here's the thing, okay? I find to, first of all, Steve, in your experience as well, well, I'm going to ask you about your experience. I know for me, when I get in front of boards, first of all, boards are typically made up of um, a very mixed bag of people, but some of them have egos that are just out of this world. I've been before boards where they know more about management than me. They know more about legal as it relates to how associations run than the attorneys, which of course isn't true, but the egos and the know-it-alls, it's just amazing. So I find that a lot of times I have to train boards. I have to train the boards. Okay, because I'm not going to take on a property. I don't take any, pro I'm very selective who I contract with. I don't take every association that has a heartbeat. Yeah, one, one of the best decisions that we do in our office is the, the best clients we take are the ones that we fire. So, you know, I, I, I make the, my, my best decisions are taking, not taking these clients on because in the past we've taken on clients that, that basically don't like to pay, like to cause problems and, that's really just negative energy that doesn't help us move forward. Even to your point exactly, and some of the best business decisions I've made are the ones I never took on. Yeah. You know, I walk in, I get a vibe. But I, as a management company, I have my policies and my procedures. And if the, now I, I understand the board does not work for the management company. The management company works for the board. So any property manager is only as good as the board that they're working with. I find, so I, if I don't think that the board can work under my 
policies. Like I'll give you a, for instance, one of my things is if you're going to uh, contract with me, only one board member can speak to me and email me. Good I idea. I have eight board members going at me, 30 emails a piece, four times a day. It doesn't work. We do have board meetings once a month and all that. That's when we can all talk. But as far as I need one representative from the board, okay? And that's their spokesperson. Doesn't mean I don't communicate with the rest of the board, but just to deliver and receive information, it's one contact person. Too many cooks spoil the broth. Can't. It's Otherwise, it's insanity and chaos and everyone's spinning their wheels. I can't do it any other way. If you don't want to work like that, then find, you can always find a management company, you know? Another thing is they have to be financially solvent, okay? So when I look at a board's financials prior to me taking them on, if they don't have money for repairs and to capital improvements, it's very difficult to manage a community. I'm not so interested whether people like me or not, but my name and my credibility are everything. So again, we spoke earlier about I surround myself with a team, whether it's contractors, attorneys, whatever, and I try to find the best of the best. So I need to know that if they're gonna provide a service, my vendors have to get paid. And if there's no money to fix something, so what I'll recommend is either you're gonna to have to do a temporary, maybe three month assessment to build up some reserve, or you're gonna to have to do raise maintenance, or a combination of both. Because a, a, a community that has no money, you can't function. Along those lines, as a result of COVID, are you seeing a, a challenge in collection both on the, the rent side for your property management clients and on the association side, are you seeing a problem with collecting assessments? So this quarter where people could potentially have been out of jobs or things could have been shut down because of the pandemic. Got it. Well, not as much on the HOA side, but more on the rental communities. As soon as this hit and once people started seeing how the, you know, the severity of this pandemic, I notice tenants more so than owners, they find an angle and they, once they get how the system works, boy, they can really work you over. But, you know, you got to be two steps ahead. So luckily we had some pushback for a few residents and we were, you know, I'm very compassionate. I'm compassionate to a fault. But also I work for the landlord. I work for the owner. So the final mm -hmm. decisions aren't mine. Although um, in one of my particular buildings, I have an amazing landlord who gives me total autonomy and really listens to me. So we try to finesse and communicate. Luckily, we had a couple that were trying to posture, but we had guaranteed, like a parent with co-signers. Co so, and some of their position was not really, it, it really didn't work. You know, we're compassionate, but... It, they were coming up with excuses. We tried to communicate work. At some point with one of them, we said, that's fine. We'll just deal directly with your um, co-signer. Because mm -hmm. frankly, you wouldn't have gotten in this building without the co-signer because you don't, you know, you didn't qualify. Correct. But maybe your father makes three, four, hundred thousand dollars a year. So he co-signed. 
Yeah. yeah. Are you still under, like in Florida, the governor just extended the eviction moratorium until September 1st. In New Jersey, are you under a moratorium as well? We have been under that moratorium for quite a while, and we get updates from the, uh, my landlord has their own attorney, mm-hmm. and we keep getting updates. I think it's right now, I think they're getting ready to reopen. Okay, good. It's, so people bought themselves some time. It's five months almost. But That's a long day, time. But the day, you know, lit, and you know what's also interesting too, the perception of tenants is that landlords are have so much money and they just, and in one particular case, I have a 28 unit uh, rental property I manage. And this is a building that's owned by two brothers now, but it's been in the fa- their family for generations. Mm-hmm. So these guys are not investors. They're not rolling in money. And it was something that was inherited. Mm. So, you know, they're comfortable, but they're not like mega developers and real estate owners. So the perception out there is you got to you got to deal with people and you got to try to pick up where they're coming from and you got to find their angle. And then a lot of small investors also, you know, buy these properties with leverage. And listen, if a tenant doesn't pay your rent, then where's the money coming to pay the mortgage other than out of the pockets? And a lot of lenders are not extending Uh, forbearance agreements if it's an investment property. So you have to look at it from both angles and smaller investors are really getting hurt also. It's not just the tenants. It's a domino effect. Absolutely. My landlord over the last three months ago, he had an $85,000 tax bill coming due. Wow. I mean, really, it doesn't stop. And if the roof starts leaking and there's damage or something, you know, where the boiler goes down or you know, there's a lot of maintenance and expenses to maintain these properties. So, yeah. so let's sh- let's now kind of transition into some juicy stories that you have, and we'll <laughs> we'll turn back the curtain behind the property manager. So, I, I'm going to ask we the first the question. Gossip. Right, I'm going to ask the first question, then Celine and I are going to alternate. So, my first question is: <laughs> Have you ever found a dead body in any of the units that you've managed? And the answer is yes. And could you t- could go elaborate a bit? Okay. All kidding aside, listen, I've seen some very upsetting things too. I mean, you manage communities for a long time. I've, I never witnessed, but I was involved where uh, there was a suicide, a murder suicide. I was involved with another, a gentleman and a younger teenager. A gentleman brought the kid back to his apartment, ended up getting bludgeoned. But on a lighter note, <laughs> on a lighter note, and I'm just going to tell it real quick, and it was what it was. So I had a rental property in the western part of New Jersey, and one of the neighbors started complaining there was a smell in the building and blah, blah, blah. So we knocked on the person's door. We kind of located where it was, and the, the, it was a woman. Unfortunately, she had passed away in her bed. Oh, my gosh. Unfortunately, they didn't find her for a couple of days. So whatever. I'm not a coroner and I'm not going to get into the details. That's not one of your innovative property management solutions. No, it's certainly not. But (laughs) she was so heavy, this woman, that in order to get her out of the building, they had to take the window of her bedroom out. And Selena, you're holding on? I am. Oh, my God. And they had to bring in a forklift and they literally put the forklift through the window 
scooped her up, lifted it, and took her to wherever she had to go. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Oh, so, my God. But think about it. You know, I've had portfolios before where I'm managing over a thousand units, okay? And the makeup of communities is a melting pot, young, mm -hmm. old, this, that. It's going to happen. You're going to find the tenants. If, if you've been, if you've managed enough units, you'll find a dead body or two. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. That yeah. is so uh, awful. It, it's yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, you go into conditions sometimes where people are just their hygiene and they bring bed bugs into the property. Well, that was going to be my next question. Have you I'm dealt with any hoarders? Cause I've been watching that show. And I'm just like, I can't believe people live like this. Have you dealt with anyone that you've gone into the property and they're absolute hoarders? Absolutely. A thousand percent. And it's almost when you go in there, you know, at one, and these can be some of the most well-kept looking people, professionals, and you never know what goes on behind closed doors. And you walk into this built property or an apartment and it's like, wow, it's just wow. What what is the craziest thing you've seen hoarded? What a collection of blank. You know what it is? I don't know if I can answer that. Steve, you know what it is? It's more the volume. Okay. I don't know if I ever saw one particular item that was like, oh wow. No Mickey Mantle rookie cards or anything hoarded. No, no. <laughs> or, or, or Barbie dolls. Right. But you know what? They're probably in there, but they're probably buried somewhere. Yeah. But it's actually, it, it literally it becomes a fire code issue where it's mm -hmm. actually not safe for the resident as well as, God forbid, there's a fire or for the fire department. Because these people who hoard, they block um, access, exits with oh, their wow. hoarding. So if you have to get out on a fire escape, there's, or the police or the fire department has to come in, the fire department will look for the path of least resistance, you know? Sure. They're not there to, like, you know, move your stuff around. Save your Mickey yeah. Mantle card yeah. or any Barbie doll. Yeah. So it's really what blows me away is the sheer volume of stuff stacked so high out into the rooms. It, it, it It's really, but it's actually, at the end of the day, it's sad in a way. Well, yeah, it's a mental disorder. It is absolutely. Yeah. It, it's a mental dis. Yes, it is. So, so Celine and I are going to ask you each one more question about some property management association war stories. Then we're going to delve into a little bit of pop culture, and then Celine is going to finish us off with the lightning round. Okay, and you, cool. You've seen some of our other episodes <laughs> of our lightning round. So, my question is: Being that you're in New Jersey, mm -hmm. have you ever had any business dealings with? La Cosa Nostra. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, I absolutely. James Galdafini or, you know, Robert De Niro Bob? or Al Pacino. <laughs> now you're talking Costa Nostra, like the real deal, right? The real, the real deal. deal, yeah, deal yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, I'm not affiliated or associated with any of that <laughs> stuff. But yes, in my travels, I have met and I know quite a few of those people. You have you ever had Sunday gravy with any of them? Only I have gravy with the macaroni. Yeah. Macaroni. Yeah. And I usually take a bite of fanuke. Mm -hmm. 
in between. <laughs> and then after they've put out the five or 10 courses, the last course, Steve, that comes out is always what? The salad? Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, I've had the gravy. I've had gotcha. the drop, drop the gun, but keep the cannolis, right, Peter? Absolutely. So I get you. <laughs> okay. Loud and clear. Okay. Here's my question. What is your biggest complaint when it comes to dealing with millennials? Because they're buying properties. A lot of times they don't know how to manage them or they hire a management company or, you know. All right. So I'm going to answer that. It's a great question. Now, are you talking about ownership or rental? Both. All right. Well, listen, here's what I find when millennials buy into HOA communities. A lot of people, they don't understand. They buy a condominium. They buy a home in an HOA. They don't really understand what they're getting into. You're not in a freestanding single family house on an acre of property where you could make noise and do this and do that and you know, you can put your garbage cans wherever you want and nobody bothers you. You, there are restrictions and, you know, you, there, there are rules and regulations. And again, I find that a lot of people in general and, you know, millennials, as well as just, you know, baby boomers, they, they buy into these communities. The attorneys, the closing attorneys, they don't take the time to explain to them what they're getting into. They don't look at the rules and regulations of the communities. And by the time they've closed and they're in, that's too late. And they get select, you know, they play selectively. Oh, I didn't know that or I didn't realize. But, you know, some of the communities can have really firm rules. Like you can't put your garbage... they don't want to see your garbage cans in the front. You got to either put them in the back or on the corner. Pets is also another thing where I didn't know I couldn't have my dog in this unit. Right. Yeah, and, or you're a giant dog. Yeah. Right. Okay. You know, so either your community is pet friendly or it isn't, you know? Yeah. But people, they don't take the time to do the, their due diligence prior to closing or buying something. On the rental side... And remember, with the HOAs, I'm not necessarily responsible for inside their unit, okay? Um, Whereas with the rentals, I'm responsible for everything that breaks. The neighbor upstairs, I heard their kid bouncing a ball. Well, it's three in the afternoon. That's what kids do. The smoke detectors are beeping. I need you here now. The noise is just... It's giving me anxiety. Instead of getting on a step stool and just popping out the battery until I get there. I find with the millennials and in a rental community, it's immediate, immediate demanding, immediate gratification. Yep. That describes millennials. Immediate gratification. (laughs) Immediate gratification. They don't want to know it. They don't want to hear about it. They just want it done and handled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so now here, here's the here's a seminal question. So I, I'm sure you've seen the the documentary, The Last Dance, which was on ESPN, yes, documenting sir. the Chicago Bulls. So one of a very common debate that we have on the, our podcast is who's the goat, LeBron or MJ, and why? 
That's the only two. Those if you want to add it, if you want to add somebody else, make a case for somebody else. All right. You know, I tell you, I see this on Facebook all the time. And I tell you something, it's so interesting to me because, you know, a lot of these players played in different eras, in different times. I'm going to answer the question. Then can I elaborate for a second? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So the, my answer is MJ. Okay. And elaborate, please. I just, his competitive fire, his sheer independence, his take no prisoners, from what I know and I've heard through the grapevine, fierce will rip your heart out. Take no prisoners. When it came to basketball and being on the court, a real not nice guy on the court. And yeah. his, his, his passion, his passion. I mean, one of them, I mean, with that one game, Steve, when he had the flu in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, really? And I don't know, but his time was different. If you, to the point of that documentary, look how physical the game was back then. Yeah. They don't have hand checks anymore. You can't do that anymore. I mean, Bill Lambier would have been fouled out of a game in about seven minutes in the first yep. quarter. You know, yep. Dennis Rodman, when he was with the Pistons, that Pistons team was a nasty team. Yeah, I remember. That's when, that was when I was in high school. Okay, yeah. Selena, what, what question would you like to ask? Well, I want to know, are you at all a I, – I know you guys love basketball, but what about what, – what are your feelings on the NFL? especially right now, going back to playing with COVID? It's, again, great question. I cannot, first of all, I do not believe for one minute that this season is going to go. I, I don't see it. I don't see it, okay? Look, I don't know if you've seen over the last week or so, Celine, the, um, what's going on in baseball. Yeah. I don't know, like the Phillies or the Marlins, they just lost 15. The Marlins players. lost 12 players. And, and, and here's the scoop. I, I, the inside scoop is that they were visiting one of Atlanta's finer establishments. And right. that's how they caught, uh, they all caught the, uh, the COVID. So, right. and that's what I thought. I, that was my exact thought is like Atlanta's notorious for yeah. some of those establishments. And my there. thought is keep, how can they survive if they're not in a bubble? Because listen, People are people, and you have to assume the worst with people, especially young athletes in their 20s and 30s. So keeping having them not in some type of bubble or under control, going from city to city, it's just it's just a recipe for disaster. But look at and then take football. You're on top of each other. You're holding. You're hugging. You're gripping. You're you, you know other than the face mask covering your mouth, you're face to face. Nose to nose. I mean, think, Selena, think of the concept of when a football team goes into a huddle. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm like, that's I mean, COVID spreading right there. Right. Okay. I know the Mets and Phillies canceled a few, one or two games this week. They couldn't yeah. play. But going back to football, I can't, I don't see it even, I don't see the season happening. I just don't. Oh, I can't. Gosh. Okay, so we're, we're going to ask you one more question each, and then we're going to go to the lightning round. Got so it. during the pandemic, what show or shows have you been binge watching? And why? Two and a Half Men. That's a funny show. 
Yeah. Just because I need the levity. I can't, I can't deal with the negativity out there. I can't deal with the divide. I can't deal with the unrest. You know, I'm a very old school person. I love people in general. I'm always judging people on a, my vibe, my feeling, my perception and the content of their heart. Okay. The exterior of a human being, sexual preference, religious background means nothing to me. Never has, never did, and never will. I'm the same way. And I feel like I learned, I learned a lot from my friends and, and people around me that are from different cultures. And I learned about not just their culture, food and, and, and Evan, to your point, you know, I am such a more educated, cultured person. And on a personal note, I'm fascinated to meet people from other walks of life. That's why I love living in South Florida, because we really have people from all over the world that lives here. I grew up in Syracuse, and you're aware it's a very homogeneous type of area. And so for me, this is the best ever. I get food from all over the world. I get to meet people from all over the world, cool people, different, you know, we, we have different yeah. thing, different costumes and everything, and I love it. Well, what advice would you give? Because you've been a real estate already. Yes, you've, you've been on that side of selling uh, what advice would you give realtors right now during this situation? Because the market is okay right now, but is it going to stay, you know, healthy? Is it going to crash? Or is everyone's property going to go into foreclosure? After I'm writing their, this down, Peter. After All right, their, here you go. <laughs> well, listen, I, I don't think I can speak so much for Florida, but let me tell you what's happening in the state of New Jersey. We want to know. Okay. Here tell you us go. everything. Yeah. Okay. Here you go. What's happening is between the coronas of uh, the pandemic and all the um, unrest that's going on in New York, there has been a mass exodus of people moving out of New York City and coming into the suburbs, okay? Wow. And when I tell you they're coming in droves, they're coming to New Jersey, they're coming to Connecticut. People want out of the city. They want... and. So what's happening is, is that the market right now, Selena is in New Jersey is off the charts. My wife, who's a real estate agent, she does it full time for two years. She's had a series of deals lately where two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we did an open house. We had 35 showings. Wow. The, we had a, multiple offers. And it, the bottom line is it sold for $17,000 over asking price. Wow. Wow. People want out of New York. They want to set up a home. They want to uh, renovate their home. They want to put amenities in their home because I think what's happening is people are, people's homes now are really going to be their vacation resort, their salvation, their place to decompress yeah they're fortress they're fortress yeah and they want to make and they want to make it as warm and toasty as they can do you know uh, i was talking to somebody recently this week if you want to put in an in-ground swimming pool in new jersey now in my area where we live the wait is two years whoa to put oh in an in-ground swimming pool I'm, I'm shifting industries and moving to new jersey 
we all said the same. Right along with you, Stephen. Right. Celine, uh, uh, Celine, are you from? Where are you from originally? I'm from New York City. Actually, Manhattan. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Cool. But anyway, so that's what's happening in our market here. They're coming out in droves. They're building their fortresses. Uh, they're putting in their swimming pools, their tennis courts, and they don't want to leave their homes. Excellent. Okay, so I'm going to ask you questions, and you're going to answer them very quickly. No thought, no explanation needed. Okay. Okay. Yep. So it's either this or that. Okay. So first question: Batman or Robin? Batman. Jennifer Aniston or Angelina Jolie? Oh, Jennifer Aniston. Okay. Don't know if you watched Game of Thrones. I'm hoping you did. No. Okay. I was going to say Jon Snow or Daenerys Targaryen. If I'm embarrassed to say, I don't even know who they are. <gasps> I don't watch Game of Thrones either. I tried one. I've tried a season, and I was so frustrated. I, I, I couldn't do it. You, you and I are the only two in America and the world probably that don't that don't watch Game of Thrones. Let me ask you a question: Are you involved in Harry Potter at all? Did you ever get I, into? I it? am. I like those. I like the books. I like, I like Harry Potter. Never read a Harry Potter book. Never went to a Harry Potter movie. I don't know. The last movie I think I saw was Jaws one. Oh wow! <laughs> I'm kidding. Let's do this lightning round. Round. Okay. Okay. Comic books or comic movies. Comic movies. Okay. Well, last question. Basketball or football? Basketball. Okay. This was a great episode. Thank you so much, Peter. Can you tell everybody how our listeners can find you and Third Eye Consulting? And then if you could just give another, you have, a, you have one other business you can also give a plug for as well. Oh, okay. So if people, you can hire me as a consultant or full-time. And Steve, just real quick, all my contracts that I sign for management or consulting at any point, I don't hold clients hostage. If for some reason you're not happy with my services, it's very clear in the, in the termination clause. If you're not happy with me, I'm not holding you hostage. So it's a 30-day written notice. Excellent. Uh, from the first of any given month, as long as all the bills are paid up, I return the files to you, hand you the keys, and we move on, and we hopefully we stay friends. But the best way to reach me is you can go to my website, which is www.thirdeyeconsulting, spelled out, llc.com, or you can email me at peter at thirdeyeconsultingllc.com. Okay, great. And then you have one other business, we understand, if you want to plug that as well. Yeah, I understand you had a nice chit-chat with my buddy and partner, Mr. Tony Bruin from the Red Collection. We did? <laughs> I saw that. It was so interesting. It was it was such an... I was riveted. You guys... Well, you guys are great interviewers to begin with. You're so chill and you just know how to move things nicely and your questions are fun. And... You guys were great. Tony did great. So Tony and I started this little apparel company. It's a very, it's a feel good kind of thing. We're trying to send a message through basketball about community, community. It's all about the kids, the children, and, you know, and that's what it is. And we, we got to take care of our kids. We got to take care of our families and our communities, and we're trying to do it through a basketball type of vibe message. 
And that's uh, you, if you're interested in looking at the website. We are, we are absolutely interested. Tell our listeners. It's uh, redcollectiononeword.net. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Peter. And, you know, we'd love to have you on, you know, in a couple months and you can give us an update on that white hot New Jersey market. And we can also talk about basketball. And maybe you want to take a look at Game of Thrones because Selena loves it so much. You have to watch Game of Thrones. It's so good. Do they make a cliff note so I can just... <laughs> you can probably go online and you can get a cliff notes and then you'll you'll be ready to answer for Game some, of Thrones questions. I'll give you well, some why don't, Stephen, why don't you, I'm sorry, Selena. Why don't you, Stephen, why don't you and I do like a little study group? Okay, we can do that. <laughs> right, there's there's war, there's dragons, there's snow. Oh. Come on. Oh, God. You guys are the best. I will be on your show whenever you want. Pleasure to meet you guys and be safe and have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Attorneys Are Human 2. Please subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast host. Please also leave us a five-star review with your podcast provider. Hope you enjoyed this episode and we look forward to seeing you next time.